Welcome, been a while, to another QuackCast, a skeptical and sarcastic evaluations of quacks, frauds, and charlatan. whoops, I mean supplementary, complementary alternative medicines, a much preferable acronym. Proctuzicide Project of Pusware LLC, the publisher of the Persiflager's annotated compendium of infectious disease facts, opinion, and dogma. Your uber-hyperlinked electronic guide to infectious diseases, available at pusware.com, where you will also find the Persiflager's podcast, a bi-weekly review of the infectious diseases for healthcare professionals, now CME accredited. This podcast is June 2007 and is going to be a little different than the other podcasts I have done. In the past, I have done extensive reviews of various topics, and while I think they are the definitive statement on the topics, but the papers in the medical literature just keep on coming. I guess the editors of the prestigious journals don't listen to my podcasts to know that they no longer need to publish on the topic. Sigh. But my personal and professional life has been remarkably busy of late, especially now that it's golf season. That's why I'm going to keep doing the in-depth reviews for those of you who need a deep, prolonged sleep. For those of you who need a quick nap, I'm going to do a series of shorter reviews focused on one or two follow-up papers that have been published in the medical literature since I last covered a given topic. I would like to thank Jay Novella from the always excellent Skeptic's Guide to the Universe for this suggestion of this shorter podcast in addition to the longer ones. There are short stories and there are novels, and this is a short story of which there are many in the Naked City. I think I'm going to call these vignettes a quack one while she's away in honor of the greatest rock and roll band of all time, and if you disagree with that assessment, you'll have to take it up with my son, with whom you do not stand a chance. And the topic today is chiropractic and hypertension. Now, the article in question is entitled Atlas Vertebrae Realignment and the Achievement of Arterial Pressure Goal in Hypertensive Patients, a pilot study, published in 2007 in the Journal of Human Hypertension. Now, for those of you who like to skip ahead and know the answer, this study showed that it worked. Uh, But wait, there's more. The devil, as always, is in the details. So grab a beer, unless you're driving, sit back, and prepare to sleep. You're getting sleepy, so sleepy, and you are only two minutes and 47 seconds into the podcast, and already you're getting drowsy, oh, so drowsy. When you awaken from this deep hypnotic trance, when you hear my finger snap, you will go to iTunes and write me a review, a good review, and you'll remember nothing of this interlude or this qualude. So you're now awake. So some background. First, high blood pressure, bad, but you probably already knew that. Lowering blood pressure, hard. People don't take their medications, especially for a disease that is asymptomatic, and the medications are expensive and often have side effects that patients don't like. And certainly people don't like to get their fat ass out of the bark lounger and lose some weight and exercise. So people would rather have an easy fix, like, oh, I don't know, chiropractic. Now, blood pressure is also called hypertension and has a lot of potential causes. The one of note here is that there are a smattering of papers that suggest that there is a small subgroup of patients with hypertension who do not respond to medications and who have their hypertension in part due to compression of an artery at the base of the brain. Some of these patients can get relief from their hypertension by neurosurgical decompression of these compressed arteries. Now note the key words here, small numbers of patients not responding to medications. 
a group, at least from my reading of the literature, does not include most people with hypertension. I took an informal poll of those who treat hypertension for a living at my hospital, and they all said, yeah, it's on the list, but it's not an important cause of hypertension. Of course, they are all tools of the medical industrial complex, so their opinion cannot be trusted since they are in the pockets of big pharma. But what does this have to do with chiropractic? Now, those who practice scams, like real doctors, can subspecialize. And one such subspecialty within the world of chiropractic is the National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association, who go by the acronym NUCCA, or NUCA. I know, childish and immature, but you're only young once, but you can be immature all your life. Live with it. Anyway, people who specialize in this subset of chiropractic believe that all the problems come not from the spine in general, but from specifically from subluxations of the first two vertebrae, which are called the atlas and the axis, which is right in the area that a few patients may have abnormalities that lead to hypertension. Now, I'm not going to focus on NUCA here, and you can find details at their website. Instead, my plan is to focus on the paper in question. And here I will quote from the paper. Quote, the atlas relies solely on soft tissues to maintain alignment, this is true, and is uniquely vulnerable to displacement. No reference, and this is not really true unless you're about to be executed by hanging. Quote, displacement of C1 is painless, take that Saddam, and thus remains undiagnosed and untreatment. Again, there is no documentation of this assertion, whereas health-related consequences are attributed to other etiologies. Again, no references to this assertion. These are the thesis of those who practice this form of chiropractic, and there is no support for these theses, or should I say theses, in the medical literature. None. This is, as best I can tell, nonsense. Quote, Minor misalignment of the atlas vertebrae can potentially injure, impair, compress, and compromise brainstem neuropathways. Okay, I'll buy that, especially as I mentioned, if you're about to be hung by the neck until dead. And then they quote some articles to suggest that the MRI of the brain can predict which patients have neurologic hypertension, evidently missing the references, which I find easy to find, that MRI is useless for determining who has neurogenic hypertension. But I know it's important to cherry pick to prove your case. But their basic hypothesis is that there's a subset of patients with hypertension that may benefit from decompression, which is true. That there is subluxation of the atlas that can cause hypertension is questionable and is an extrapolation from the literature as I read it. And that this form of chiropractic can help neurogenic hypertension is, well, the purpose of this paper. But the basic biologic plausibility and underpinning science is quackery at worst and marginal at best. So what did they do? They found 78 people with hypertension. Not neurogenic hypertension by MR or other studies. Just a bunch of regular Joes and Joettes with what is presumptively multifactorial hypertension. They got them off their medication, and those whose hypertension remained above 159 over 199 were excluded. And so they ended up in the end with 50 total patients. 25 of these patients were sent off to a single NUCA <laughs> practitioner who inflicted the following upon them. And I tediously quote from the paper. 
They received a supine leg length check on the assumption that a misaligned atlas results in leg length disparities. Then they received paracervical skin temperature determination. And then they did a postural analysis using the anatometer, which is the patented way that they measure spinal misalignment with this form of chiropractic. You can see pictures of the anatometer online. This they used to determine degrees of pelvic distortion and lateral spine displacement. Then they took a bunch of x-rays to measure in three dimensions the atlas misalignment with precise degree and orientation. They do a lot of measurements in NUCA. And if you look at the video online reference on the website, you can watch them go through their rigmarole to measure the degree to which the spine is misaligned. This has, to my mind, all the trappings of precision and rigor with none of the substance. It reminds me of a medical cargo cult. A cargo cult, as you may remember, were cultures in the South Pacific who, after the Americans left at the end of the Second World, built airplanes and control towers out of sticks in hopes that the material bounty that real airplanes had delivered would return. Watch the tape. They're going through all the machinations like they're actually doing something, but to my eye, the end result is nothing. They are so cute making these precise measurements with their rulers and protractors on x-rays. I will pause here to mention that you can buy one of these protractors for $18.95 at the website rather than the usual dollar that you can get at your local office supply store. Now, I know doctors are greedy, but charging $18.95 for a plastic protractor is amazing. And they use their anatometer to precisely determine just how much you move your spine. This is all pseudoscience. There are lots and lots, then, of biometrics, as you can see on the video. And then the translation of all these measurements to the actual manipulation is so pathetically inexact, it's laughable. When they line up the landmarks of the spine to adjust the neck, they do not even have the patient take off their shirt. They look like a bad magician trying to pull a rabbit out of a hat, which is why I kept thinking Bullwinkle was going to say, nothing up my sleeves, presto. They have what the late Richard Gicking now that you have moved to another hospital, you are dead to me, Richard, dead, referred to as precision without accuracy. They do lots of measurements that in the end look to my eye to be totally meaningless, especially when applied to the manipulation that they do. Watch the video of a practitioner and marvel that anyone can take this seriously, except to note that meaningless ritual is often an important part of magical thinking and does instill confidence in the in the shaman, I mean, sorry, doctor, who's doing the procedure. It's why I always sacrifice a cat in the hospital lobby where patients can see me, although it's not meaningless in that there is, fortunately, one less cat in the world. Mm, cat, the other white meat. So do any of these nuka <laughs> techniques have validity? Well, a Medline fails to find any validation of these techniques outside of the Journal of Manipulative and Physiologic Therapeutics, which is a journal expressly noted for the advancement of chiropractic. Fair enough, I suppose, as the Clinics of Infectious Diseases is dedicated to the treatment and cure of infections. That's what I know is a false analogy. But remember NRAs. What? You don't remember NRAs? Well, remembering NRAs is an important part in determining any validity in any sort of alternative medicine. This I will quote from the Skeptic's Dictionary. 
There was a physicist in France who claimed that he had discovered a new type of radiation shortly after Rentgen had discovered X-rays. Dozens of other scientists at the time confirmed the existence of N-rays on their own in their own laboratories. However, N-rays don't exist. How could so many scientists be wrong? They deceived themselves into thinking that they were seeing something when in fact they were not. They saw what they wanted to see with their instruments, not what was actually there, or in this case, what was not there, end quote. So I'm a little skeptical when I have chiropractic validation being done by chiropractors and being published in chiropractic journals. It has just a hint of the in-rays to it. Maybe not, but I, of course, am a skeptic. The best research is always done by them what do not have a vested interest, or even more importantly, are trying to prove somebody wrong, not prove somebody right. My Medline search for these procedures in peer-reviewed medical journals came up with bupkis. So, the basic premise of NUCA is, to my thinking, unjustified. I will note that the procedure done on the patients in this study is slightly different than what you see in the video that I have referenced. And again, I will quote. For precision, support, and control, the clinician firmly grasps the non-dominant hand around the dominant wrist and then precisely positions the dominant hand's pisiform, which is a bone in the wrist, over the appropriate corner of the atlas transverse process to use it as the intervention's, quote, adjustment lever, unquote. Then, a series of precise, subtle external nudges causes the atlas to recoil into normalized alignment reseeding occipital condyles into atlas's lateral masses. Then they put their left foot in, they take their left foot out, they put their left foot in, they shake it all about. And if life ain't the hokey pokey, I don't know what is. Those in this placebo group or the sham intervention, which was designed to be indistinguishable from the authentic alignment, had the following done, and I quote, the treatment group except the clinician intentionally and slightly misplaced the patient's head on the fulcrum support device, misplaced his hands intentionally to miss the atlas lateral mass contact point for the crucial lever nudge. Sounds to me like they were popping their spine out of alignment, but they insist that they don't. And then both groups were measured to see if their spine was or was not popped back into alignment. Now, a key thing. All of this was done by one, it turns out, 85-year-old practitioner. As I read the study, he did all the procedures, all the sham procedures, and he did all the measurements. So he knew who did and did not get the, quote, real deal, unquote. So his measurements before and after, he knew who was supposed to have a change and who did not. So reading the x-rays and other biometrics show changes in one treatment group and not in the sham group were under the control of the same person doing the treatment. Seems to me that this could be a place where a wee bit of bias could creep in, like, oh, I don't know, n-rays. Then they took their blood pressure over eight weeks. These blood pressure was taken by one person by hand, as opposed to a machine, who did an average of three blood pressure measurements. I sent an email to one of the authors, and he said that the person taking the blood pressures did not know who did or did not receive treatment or sham nuca. And I have to take them at their word, although this is a place where some bias could slip in. But it apparently 
worked. Oh, it pains me to say that. In the treatment group, the mean systolic pressure went down by 14 points, which is pretty good, from 147 to 130. And the diastolic blood pressure, which is the lower number, went from 92 to 82. Again, that's pretty good. The placebo group went down a mere three points in their systolic blood pressure, the upper number, and 1.8 in their diastolic. And again, that's pretty good. And this response lasted for eight weeks. So that's a pretty good response over a good period of time. So despite all my sarcastic ramblings, it apparently worked. Oh, I'm going to hell. But there are a lot of flaws and potential areas of bias in what is admittedly a pilot study. The underlying biometrics that prove cervical dislocation need independent validation. The study needs to be repeated where the practitioner is not the one doing the biometrics, or if he is, he does them blindly. Blood pressures need to be done by a machine as well as a human, and more than one human, preferably someone who does not know the nature of the study. But it is a pilot study, and pilot studies are often more proof of concept than definitive, and evidently there is a definitive study ongoing. So for now, I do have to say that despite the many flaws and potential for bias to sneak in, this form of chiropractic manipulation is apparently as good as medications for lowering blood pressure in mild hypertension for as long as eight weeks. There, I said it. But that's the data. But there are enough flaws that I would take it more as a curiosity than a legitimate therapy. And until we get better studies, I'm not going yet to send my patient off to a NUCA practitioner anytime soon. One question that does come up from these procedures is the manipulation that they do by the practitioner is said to be subtle, and it sure looks that way when you watch the video. They don't seem to be doing much of anything. So when you're done having this procedure, and here's my question, you, you hop up, shake your doc's hand, and then you leave. And as you leave, you look to the left across the street, and then you look to the right, then you look up at the street light, then you look down at the curb. Why are you still in alignment? And God knows what happens when you push your head through a tight T-shirt. I say this because there is a web video I saw of a practitioner who was doing newborn babies because C1, C2 is being misaligned as a result of being born. See, the problem starts at the beginning of life. But how the spine ever stays in alignment after the procedure is a mystery, of course, unless it's all just a hunk of nonsense. So that's it. This is what I call a short podcast. Am I one wordy bastard or what? Did you hear that finger snap? Time to go write your review. This is the end of the QuackCast, brought to you as a side project of Pusswear.com, where you will find the Persiflagers podcast, a bi-weekly review of infectious diseases for the healthcare professional and the psychotic amateur. And you can even get free Type 1 CME, copyright 2006 by the Creative Commons. References are on the show notes page and can be linked at QuackCast.com as well as old podcasts that are archived there as well. Send your hate mail and spam, of which I've gotten surprisingly little, and questions about quackery to knowitall at quackcast.com. Feedback is always of great interest. I wouldn't mind being accused of being a tool of the medical industrial complex if you see fit, as long as it makes me a better podcast. The music is by my son when he was 12 years old. 
improvising on the guitar. He's one wicked guitar player now. Thank you for listening, and stay healthy. Goodbye. <laughs>